Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal. Uh, I don't know what episode we're on, so... 14. <laughs> 14. Technically, wait, in canon, it's 14, but on the podcast, it's only 13, because yeah. we have a mystery episode that's just that sitting in our iPhones. That still has because I don't have time to edit things. My bad. The, this isn't our job, people. No, unfortunately. Unless you want to, unless you want to, like, e-transfer me some money. Yeah. A lot every month. That'll be nice. Dude, I'm on Venmo, uh, Square Cash, PayPal. I will take it all. I'm Canadian, so I'm sure you can just like send it to the government and they'll get it to me or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say we can, we can work something out. Like send it by moose. <laughs> uh, actually, it would be by Canada Goose because they fly. You can <laughs> never trust a moose. They okay. can't even see. Like, you can trust a Canadian geese. Like, dude, are you serious right now? A Canadian geese. I really went plural there. Um, Like... What? Canadian Well, geese, at least it flies. They're so mean. This is true. When you're a little kid in Canada, and I'm sure other places that have um, Canadian geese, you get taught to, like, walk away from the herd of geese. Yeah. Flock. Flock of geese, because they'll, like, attack you. I've seen numerous people get attacked by geese. It's really funny, but also really hurts. Their, their bills are really sharp. Yeah. Uh, at Western, on campus, they have no fear. And, like... No. They're evil. <laughs> the students are filled with fear when it comes to the Canadian geese. So yeah, do not that's use right. Canadian geese to send money to Kyle. <laughs> send me the money and I'll make sure like at least half of it gets to him. We'll do some sort of border transaction yeah. like we're smuggling Mexicans <laughs> into the country or something. Stop. So anyway. the Sharks had some games recently. They did some things. First one would be the Sharks at Leafs. Boy, that was depressing. Yeah. On numerous levels. Oh. Oh boy. I think the biggest problem is that they come out, they just beat the ever living daylights out of Montreal and they looked awesome and they're coming off that sweet December and then it just, oh, you can see the cracks starting to show in, on against the leaves. Yeah. Uh, side note, I really love that Eric's game day thread that the deke is the court will hear the case of Sharks v. Marlowe for a second day. I love that. That's so clever. <laughs> I just, I really liked it. Is it called a deke or a deck? I've always said Deke. It's but there's no there's no e at the end. It's just D E K. Okay, listen. Oh, <laughs> this we, wow. is not the pronunciation podcast, but we're gonna look this up now. Uh, actually, according to our survey reader reader surveys, this is the pronunciation podcast. <laughs> Jonas Donskoy needs his day in court. I think it's Deke. It could be Deke. I don't know. It's not really important. Uh, the funny thing is that I booed Marlowe very loudly when he got introduced uh, at the game. Yeah. Very, like, like ignorantly loud. Like, so when they, they, they did the national anthems or whatever, or they did the starting lineups first, I don't know, I had a lot to drink. But they did, when they were announcing the starting lineups, they did the goalie and the two defense, and then they saved Marlowe for last. And so when everybody knew it was kind of coming, and I just wasn't paying attention, then I heard, and number 12 on left wing, Patrick Marlowe. And I just absolutely <laughs> let out the most ignorant boo. Um, he couldn't hear me, but it made me feel really good. And then I forgot that there was only three Leaf fans or uh, three Sharks fans in my section. There was like a kid, uh, two rows in front of me. Then there's me, and then there's like a twenty-something-year-old dude behind me, and he was wearing a Patrick Marlowe jersey. And when I booed and sat down, my buddy was dying laughing because I turned back and the guy looked like I had just like kicked his dog. <laughs> he was he was very sad that I did that, uh, but it was it was I needed to do that. Jesus, it was cathartic. I just, I'm still too sad about it, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just so, 
You know what the worst part is? Is that, like, it's fine. You break up with somebody. But then Leafs and NHL Twitter and stuff like that, they'll be like, Patrick Marlowe played in his 1265th game, bracket 40 with the Leafs, and it's just so depressing. Right. That's, like, <laughs> like your favorite stat of the best brothers, <laughs> like, scoring oh, so duo for, yeah. in the NHL. So for, for, anybody, for anybody who doesn't know, there's a good trivia question you can always trip people up with. You, you ask them this. What is the all-time highest-scoring pair of brothers in NHL history? And you're going to get, like, the Sedins and the Sutters and Dennis and Bobby Hall, and you're going to get randoms. You might even get, like, a Lindros in there, the Burrays. Nope, it's Wayne Gretzky and Brent Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky had, like, 2,800 points, and Brent Gretzky had four. That's what That's I think it. of whenever there's a stat with, like, oh, Marlowe setting NHL record or some, something. As always, my thought is always that. Like, his time with the Leafs is... The Brent Gretzky. The Brent, <laughs> Brent Gretzky. That is exactly what it is. Like, you don't even... Like, Leafs fans, you just don't understand. Like, we got the Wayne Gretzky era of Patrick Marlowe, so... You guys got the Rangers version. <laughs> like... I just, it makes the, me sad. The, the craziest thing, too, is that when, like, so when I was sitting there and I was seeing him in person, he's still pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He's still pretty fast. Yeah. Um, he, he's not like he, like, prime Marlowe, obviously, but he's still, like, you see him out there and you're, you just kind of wonder and go, man, I wish he was still on the team because he's still pretty good and it just sucks that Toronto decided they needed to give him all the money in the world. Yeah. Uh, and to go and play in Toronto and it it just sucks more than anything because um wasn't he voted Mr. Shark? Yes. Wasn't that his thing? Yes. Yeah. He so was like, Mr. Shark. Come on, that would be like if Mr. Hockey went and played curling. Like you just don't you just don't do that. So my thing about the the Leafs and then the Senators game is that I had literally literally just been complaining about the loser point. Like <laughs> for days, the days leading up to both of these games, I'm sitting here like the loser point is so bad, and like I'm so mad at the Sharks for their December and how many loser points they gave away, and like that they're it's how well they're doing is being inflated because they are also getting loser points. And guess what they did this week? They got two in a row. Yes, and I'm over it. <laughs> like the problem. See, this is how you know we're good people, though. Because we still don't think the loser point should be a thing. Like, even if the Sharks benefited twice, it's still right. dumb. No, I, I believe I said that And Oh, yeah, it was the Leafs um, recap, the quick bites. I, my title is, like, Sharks fall to Leafs in shootout. The loser point is still bad. And then my, my deck, actually I did look up, that's actually how you say that, uh, is, yes, even when the Sharks get it. Like, doesn't matter who's getting the loser point. The fact that... Two games now, in one week, like, went to overtime after, how many games did I say went to overtime in December? Was it five? Like, yeah, ugh, stupid. That's stupid. It's, it's dumb. On, on the note of shootouts, just to rewind for a quick second, shootouts in person are wild. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's like, everybody stands up, and... San Jose elected to go first, or Toronto elected to go first, I forget, San Jose, I don't know, I, I, by this time I'm like, I'm, like, it's crazy in there. Everybody is on pins and needles, it's a, it's kind of a weird concept, because I really like ties, but like, in person, shootouts are crazy, everybody's hanging on every move, and 
if the guy comes in slow, you can feel people like lean forward. If guy goes in fast, you can feel them hold their breath. Um, uh, it, it shootouts and three on three overtime is even more of a trip. Literally yeah. every time the puck switches teams, the crowd just swells into either like a scared <laughs> shell or all like pandemonium because they've got the puck. It's it's crazy in person. If you've never been a part of a, an overtime or a shootout, it's one of the things that you should hope for one day because it is wild. For anyone who wasn't at that game, um, <laughs> that shootout was a snooze fest. Oh my god. Oh yeah, there was only three goals. Yeah. So boring. So, 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 so boring. Kevin LeBanc, thank you for... He's filthy. Your, that man is dirty. Uh, <laughs> your service. I appreciate it. But, like, God, how, like, what was up with the Sharks that night? I don't know, man. That well, was... the craziest thing is that... So, Pete DeBoer decided that he wasn't going to use his best shooter in the first three guys. Right. And saved Jonas Donskoy. So, whatever. Kevin LeBanc stepped up, and Kevin LeBanc is objectively good at deking and shooting, so it's fine. Save that save that silver bullet for when you need it. But then Donskoy missed the puck. I've never seen him do that. He went to deke and missed the puck. Yeah. So it's I just like, ugh. I don't know. But it's not as nearly as, yeah, It's it was just so awful in person. And then, like, he put out Brent Burns and, oh, God. Oh, my God. I can't believe we even missed this. We're going back to the beginning of the game because, you know, what we didn't talk about was that fight. Okay. So, in person, <laughs> in person, everybody sits down. We're all settling in. Uh, we're drinking some beers. We're talking. Uh, this little 11-year-old boy beside me was ruthlessly chirping me. When I say ruthlessly, like, he would he would spend five minutes watching the game, and then you could see, like, the gears turning in his head to think of a new chirp and then just, like, chirp me. It was, it was wild. And my best friend was encouraging him, but it's fine. It was great. So we're sitting there, and we were looking up, and we're getting ready to watch it, and we're talking or whatever. And all of a sudden, we see Joe Thornton, like, smack Nazem Kadri's stick or whatever. And then they kind of straighten up, and they're talking, and I go, oh, they're going to get thrown out of the circle. And my buddy Ben goes, that's weird. Do they have beef? And I was like, I don't think so. Why would they have beef? And we're like, okay. So they circle over to the wings, and they're still talking, and Literally, as the puck drops, my buddy goes, are they going to fight? And all of a sudden, they take off their gloves, and everybody loses it in the stadium. <laughs> like, what? It's just so weird. because Random? It, it's not like these teams, like, have bad blood, really. I mean, there's the Marlowe thing, but, like, it's... I still feel like, like, the Sharks aren't mad about it. Like, they're all just sad. Like that's it. no, Is and that, it, and the shark the sharks know that you uh, you got to cash those six and a half million dollar yes, checks when and you that's can get the, the thing chance. Too, is that they all understand every single there is a, a player on that team that doesn't understand that like yeah that's the same decision I would make and I get that that's a hard decision to make you know yeah. so I don't think that there's like animosity because of that so like what happened like that was well, just crazy. Cadre's a world class past. Well, yeah. And he's in, I don't know what he said. I don't know what was going on. It also might have been one of those things where he said something and Thornton in his mind was like, all right, let's do this. Let's get everybody fired up. Because in the playoffs uh, in 2000, I want to say seven or eight when San Jose was first and they went lost to the Ducks who were eighth. Um, in like game five or six, him and Getzlaff dropped the gloves off the first draw. Yeah. They dropped the puck and they didn't even go for the puck. They just started throwing bombs right. at each other. So Thornton's done this before. Right. This is the yeah, second yeah, time yeah. that I know of that he's fought off the draw. Right. So... 
Maybe he was just trying to fire everybody up or whatever. I don't know. It was awesome. And every Leafs fan in that building that was like, oh, Kadri took him down. He won that fight. He did no, not. He did Thornton not. punched him straight in the face. Yeah. Then he ripped off his helmet, then tried to punch him again, and then Kadri fell. Yeah. Well, Kadri like, was falling and pulled him down, and they fell. It was... It was crazy though in person. I've never, I've never been like that excited at the beginning of a game. <laughs> I just can't believe that, like, that that hasn't happened before with his beard. That no one has ripped out part of Joe Thornton's beard on accident before. The <laughs> yeah, and we we didn't in the stadium. We didn't even know it was because disgusting. you can't see, you can't see you can't see you can't see a handful of beard. Yeah, um, and so it wasn't until like first or second intermission when people got on Twitter and got on the internet and stuff. People started texting that. Kadri ripped out a chunk of his beard. It was really gross. Yeah. <laughs> and they kept it. They kept it in a Ziploc bag. Oh, <laughs> This team is disgusting. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> a little Ziploc bag that says, for the boys, which is just... <laughs> Jesus. It's it's awesome. But yeah that, yeah, that was crazy. I've never... That game was a lot of fun, even though the Sharks, I've seen the Sharks win for six years in a row, and this was the first time they lost. That game was still a lot of fun. Yeah. But from a Sharks perspective, they didn't play very good. No, they did not. No, they I, were pretty bad, and they were even worse against Ottawa, which is crazy oh. because they were up 5-2. So on the second night of a back-to-back, you're not expecting them to go out and shoot the lights out. But they were playing Ottawa. Here's the thing. I said in my preview for that game, I was like, look, the Sharks need to not be complacent. That they're like, okay, well, we pushed Toronto to overtime and to a shootout, so, like, we're still sitting pretty. And honestly, my kind of feeling on that, too, is that, because we had talked about this before, about, um, you know, interconference games and stuff and whether or not they go to overtime if they're tied near the end of the third and all that jazz. And, um... My thing with Toronto is that I do kind of feel like because it was this, the first half of a back-to-back that they were like, eh, maybe we're not going to, like, because overtime felt slow. And obviously you were at the game, so I don't know how it felt to you. I, but... have, I have no impression because it looks really fast <laughs> right, in person. Exactly, but... And every single move is just the end of the world for right. either team. Um, but, like, watching it on film, it, it looked slow. It felt slow. The end of the third felt very slow. The shootout was a snooze fast. I just, it didn't feel like they were really pushing it with this. And I think part of that was that, like, hey, no matter what, we're walking away with a point right now. And then also that, like, they have another game the very next night. Like, they have to go travel to Ottawa and then play the next night. Which is, like, which is literally a 45-minute flight, but still. Still. I mean, you. it's not like they're going home, like, they're done with the game and going to bed. You know, like, they... No. So... So yeah, I I think that there there was a little bit of like, okay, we'll just like put it, in, you know, like shift a couple gears down here and like let it play out. We'll still get a point and then we can come into Ottawa, be good and just like and I was like, "You know what? That's fine. If that's what their their plan was, like we're going to get a point here no matter what." So, if that was their plan, fine. I was cool with it. But that's not what they did. And, like, I I said that they needed to not be complacent with the idea that, like, Ottawa is a bad team. So, like, we're going to kind of rest ourselves at the end of the Toronto game and then come into Ottawa and just dominate. If they go in thinking that they're going to do that, then they're not going to do that. And guess what? They didn't do that. (laughs) Well, it was was crazy, though, because they were up 
You're up 5-2, and they looked so good at the beginning the first two periods. I don't understand what happened between the second period horn and the third period start. I don't know. Like they scored, like Ottawa scored four straight goals to win that game. Yeah. I don't understand what happened because they looked so good. And like Thomas Hurdle scored that. Uh, I think it was maybe even a shorthanded or the breakaway goal. Everything was firing. They looked like they were going to go into Ottawa, beat them down like they did Montreal, get out of there, get some rest, and go into Winnipeg rolling. But they didn't, and I don't know what happened because then when that transferred to Winnipeg, and they looked so bad against Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh God. Winnipeg, Winnipeg is good. Like Winnipeg is objectively a cup favorite right now. They're tops in the West. Yeah. So you can't be you can't be sad that Winnipeg looks good. The Sharks we just think are better than what they showed, and they just got destroyed. Yeah, that was uh, yikes. Like they just looked so so bad. Do you want to just skip to Winnipeg because I know you have thoughts. No, no, we can keep talking about the games. I, I'll save my off ice comments for well. I mean, off ice discussion. <laughs> There's nothing else to talk about the Senators. I mean, overtime was real quick. They, they just, <laughs> yeah. it was done. Uh, so. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's similar to, like, Ottawa and Winnipeg are, like, they're two opposite styles of team. One's bad, one's good. Yeah. But it's the same thing. They both look like crap for the last period of Ottawa and the whole game against Winnipeg. It just, I don't know what happened between the Montreal game and the Winnipeg game. Like, did yeah. Toronto take that much out of them and they got tired on the road trip? Or, like, was is it just, like, a road trip thing that happened? Or is... I, I just honestly don't know what happened, and I'm hoping it was... I'm hoping that it's just an anomaly. They're on the road trip, they're tired, the bye right. week was coming up, and they kind of just overlooked the end of it. But at the same time, they can't be playing like that if they want to, A, even make the playoffs, because they were so bad. Right. I do think that Winnipeg is severely underestimated by people. Like, people who only pay attention to their own team or kind of vaguely pay attention to the standings, that they're, you just don't expect Winnipeg to be good. So, like. Yeah, they do the Winnipeg, they're good. Yeah. But the thing about, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the yeah. thing about Winnipeg is that they've been growing. So, Winnipeg f- randomly made the playoffs in what, like 2013 or 14? Something like that. They randomly made it. But their build was still in place. So, they drafted a lot of young guys, a lot of good players. Yep. And they've been slowly building. So now they have guys like Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele, who are arguably the two most underrated players in the league. Um, then they have Nikolai Ehlers, and they have Patrick Laine, and they have Jacob Truba, uh, and they have Connor Hellebike, and they have all these young guys, Tyler Myers, they have all these young guys who are firing. Um, and they finally became a cohesive unit and turned into a really good team. And this is this is what happens when you take the long build road and hit on like, find a draft pick that they didn't really hit on. You can't, because they got Line A, they have Ehlers, they have Wheeler, they have Shifley, well, not Wheeler, they have Shifley, um, Truba. They've they've built this team correctly. It's just taken a while to get here, and now they're looking at all these guys who are on good contracts or rookie contracts, and they are just running roughshod over the league. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I I kind of expected them to, to not play well against Winnipeg. That was the game that I was most worried about, for sure. Yeah. Mostly because they're actually really good, and Toronto is kind of in a slump, and Ottawa's just bad. Yeah. And also... Okay. So, I'm going to hate saying this the entire time that I'm saying it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Just so we're prepared here. When I think about this Sharks team going to playoffs, and I think about games like against Dallas, against Winnipeg, 
even if I just kind of look at the season so far as a whole, this is not a team that I want to watch in playoffs. No, they're boring. Like, I just don't. I don't want them to have a postseason because I don't want to watch it. <laughs> because I know that, like, it's it's not going to be... They're not making it to the cup final this year, right? Like, I don't think anyone expects that. It would be great if they did. And I'm not going to be like, because I know that the year that they did make it to the cup final, a lot of Sharks fans were still like, it's like, oh, but we're going to get beat in this round. Oh, but we're going to get beat in this next that round. That was me. And, you know, they're, for good reason. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sad and depressed for 25 years watching right. this damn team. This team has not given us much reason to be hopeful. I have enough hope in this team that I, I'm pretty sure they're going to make playoffs this year. And yeah. uh, they can have a reasonable amount of success in playoffs. They are not making it to the Stanley Cup final this year, though. And when you see them against these powerhouse teams, that it's pretty indicative of why. But, but the problem is that inside this Sharks team is a good lineup. Yes. So, what the hell, guys? <laughs> right. What is going on here? It just makes I think, me sad. I think, I think, I think Dylan, uh, Dylan Burns needs to, that, that needs to just go away. Yeah. Go back to Dylan Heed and Ryan Burns. Um, because that's when it, I'm pretty sure I'm right here. Yes. When they were playing, yeah. and their defense was just an absolute monster in like end of October, November, beginning of December, or whatever. It was Vlasic, Braun, Burns, Ryan, Dylan, Heed. Yes, and they were destroying that. That was a monstrous defensive team. Then they started mixing into Mello. Paul Martin decided he needed to give it a go before he could fake another injury. <laughs> um, then. They went back to that, then he got hurt a little bit, and people are going to get injured, and it's no problem. But now it seems that everybody's healthy again. So, and they don't want to hurt you. You have to go feelings. back to what worked. Yeah. I, it just makes me sad. I like, I feel sad thinking, like, I really don't want to watch this team in playoffs. But it's because I don't feel like it's being, like, they're not making the, the most of their, their players, the lineup that they have. When I when I look uh, yeah. at things like Dylan DeMello playing over Tim Heath, I just like I, it makes no sense to me. Or Joachim Ryan, whichever one of them is the same handedness as him, I keep messing that up. Either either one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. So there, yeah, and it's frustrating because there's an optimal lineup in there. Right. There's been some good things that have happened, and like Timo Meyer playing with the Joes has turned out really well, and they need to keep that going. And Caturtle line is is quite good, and um, they're finding they're finding good things. But it just seems that every time they find something, it either doesn't last or something happens and gets changed. Or Pete DeBoer just goes line blender. It also doesn't help that ever since Martin Jones got injured, he hasn't been the same. No. No, he is not. And it really sucks because Dell's been awesome all year, and then he got zero help in the third period, or pretty much the whole game from the Sharks, and got lit up. And so now Pete DeBoer might go back into his turtle shell and not use Dell for like eight straight games. Yeah. The thing is, when you have a situation like that where Martin Jones is very clearly not playing as well as he is capable of since he's come back from injury where Aaron Dell has been so, so solid, but then gets hung out to dry, that's coming back to our defense. <laughs> it's like, that's the issue then becomes, like, the defense is not doing their job. And, like, there's nothing being done to fix it. It's making yeah, me... that's the problem. But it seemed like, um, judging by the lines that they were taking today and stuff, it seems that they were back to the good defense. 
so I'm hoping that stays true. They were also messing with the forward lines a bit, so I'm hoping that they're they know what works. Myers with Joe's Caturtle uh, line. Donska is a stud. Chris Tierney seems to be finding some chemistry. And this defensive line, so I'm hoping they leave that alone and leave it that way and run with it for eight games and see what happens. Just see what kind of team, because San Jose is playing way below their expected 5v5 numbers, um, and they're not getting goals that they should be getting and stuff. So there is a point where the dam could break, but they just need to ice the right lineup. You're not going to win by... Moving Meyer up and down the lineup, and moving Donskoy up and down the lineup, and doing all sorts of jazz, and having Dylan Demello on the ice, like poor guy, like he's yes. probably a great guy, but he's just not good this year. <laughs> so there are obviously internal solutions, but we've also seen that uh, San Jose has been linked to some external solutions. Yeah, these are the best solutions because you can make up fake trades and pretend you're a GM. <laughs> so it's like it's like being Peter Torelli without the money. The I would say probably the one that I've heard the most noise about is Vander Kane. Yeah, so a Vander Kane is like, if you don't get Mike Hoffman, you circle back to a Vander Kane <laughs> and hope you get him. Well, <laughs> Vander Kane has been being shopped all season. That's yeah, as well, soon he as plays Buffalo, Buffalo. realized that, like, <laughs> oh, hey, we're still bad. <laughs> like, God, what a, how somebody Somebody horrible. made an awesome point. I think it was Dmitry Filipovich uh, on Twitter, and he was like, the current Buffalo team is worse than the team they put together to tank for Eichel three years ago. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And they, like, so actively made trades trying to be better this year. Like, they, oh. they, they drafted Jack, Jack Eichel and were like, okay, we need to try and be better now because we have our savior. Yeah. American Yog, American Yager is in the building. And uh, they're just so bad. God. Yeah, so Kane has been, been being shopped. He's been good this season, so it seems like he's the most logical guy for Buffalo to try to unload right. at a high value. And San Jose's but I'd rather been, have Mike Hoffman. Well, yeah. Uh, San Jose has been linked to him throughout the season. Like, it's, it started kind of at the beginning of the year, and then it quieted down for a bit, and now we're kind of seeing it come back that that's kind of the rumor again, is that San Jose is making you seen, a move. Have you seen any offers? Like, what? No. I have not. Yeah, I've never, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any, I know what offers I make in my brain. Right. But those, those aren't real, and I'm trying to trade Danny O'Regan one for one for Vanda Kane, <laughs> and it's not working. That's, uh... Eric brings up O'Regan and LeBanc, uh, Eric Fowl um, from Fear the Fen. He brings up LeBanc and, and um, Danny O'Regan as big trade chips, which I, I do see. I think that either of them would be a good get for any team. It just makes me sad because I like both of them a lot. Danny uh, O'Regan's not a good get. Danny stop. O'Regan's the guy that you try to try to hoodwink other GMs be like, look at this prospect. He's stop good, but it. really we know he's not an NHL player. That's the thing about Danny O'Regan is that and like Julius Bergman on defense, these guys aren't going to play in the NHL again. Nah. You've got to try to trade them now nah, I'm on, while they I'm still, still have value. I'm still on the Daniel O'Regan hype train. I don't care. Did I, you watch his five games in the NHL? Yes, I did. I watched every single one of them because I love that boy. And <laughs> I just... Yeah. Like, well, the thing is, I really liked him in the preseason, too. And I, I just... I think it's there. I just don't know what it is about the Sharks, about their lineup, about how they're using him. Something. I. It's... He has gotten worse through the season. <laughs> I will say that, but I still, I don't think he's a lost cause. I think it's just... Yeah, but 
it's better to trade this potential lost cause for something of value than just have him be a lost cause in your AHL team. If if you have to separate, like it's hard because nobody wants to. Everybody so when everybody's looking at trades, everybody a overvalues their own guys, right? Yeah. So we went through this with the expansion draft where. Everybody wanted Vegas to take their trash. We'd be like, yeah, Mikhail Bodker, they're going to take him. <laughs> but really, they're not stupid. They, they don't want other people's garbage. So everybody overvalues their own guys. And then B, you get attached to them because every day I see them on Twitter right. and I see right, the right. Sharks videos and the promos. So this is where it's hard to separate the, right. I really like this guy from the thing. And I think Daniel Regan's the perfect case where we all want Daniel Regan to succeed. He's awesome. He's great. He seems like the perfect guy to start on the fourth line and work his way up. It may not be that way, which sucks. But here's the thing, and I don't think that I, like, obviously I have sort of teal glasses for Daniel Regan, but, like, looking at it kind of objectively, we don't have a lot of guys to call up. When we look at our AHL team right now, it is garbage. So Oh, it's barren. It's barren. There's nobody. So at any given point, we, like... There has to be someone in the AHL that, like, can get called up and fill in, right? So the Sharks right now, they have O'Regan, and they have Sorensen, and they have LeBanc. Sorensen's on the NHL team, and so is LeBanc. Yep. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> so, like, and with the way the Sharks are right now, the most, I mean, that we're going to have in the AHL is going to be two, right? Because assuming that, like, Ward and Carlson are not scratched, then since the Sharks have gotten rid of Ryan Carpenter um, and Barkley Gaudreau is back, that leaves only, a, like, one other roster spot if those players are playing. So, like, Sorensen is staying up right now, but if he got sent down, the Sharks would still have enough players. Yeah. So, like, if you look at the, the Barracuda, it's like, who would be the next in line after that? Maybe Balsers? Uh, Is he a, I been, would like him to come up, but he's also a child. Yeah, he's been good, though. He's been really good, but I don't think, I think Doug Wilson might be gun-shy with the whole Mirko Mueller thing. Yeah, Where he called true. him up, they ruined him, so, also... He, he might get some time I to do. It's it's the other guy from camp. It would be Philip Sandberg that Sandberg. would come up. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, because he was he was awesome in camp. I just don't feel like either of them are necessarily ready. Whereas, no, because they're just if 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 shit goes sideways, they're just gonna roll with like Carlson Ward and Goodrow, Carlson Ward and Sorensen, right. Sorensen Ward, and they're just gonna rotate those guys over and over again. And I don't think Doug Wilson is necessarily gonna call up a guy. This is why San Jose keeps getting linked to more forwards, right? Right. So that's just, like, personally why I don't think that, like, what, if you're looking at the situation, if someone gets injured, then what, what options do we have? Because we don't have a lot of guys that are NHL ready. No, in, but I the think, they're, I think right the now. Sharks are walking that fine line on purpose. Yeah, that's because fair. Because the, the, cupboard, the cupboard is empty and Doug Wilson has eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Um Ideally, going back to Evander Kane, ideally I think Hoffman's better and he's signed longer. Um, yes. So Hoffman, Hoffman turns 29 and he's signed for like $5.1875 million or something like that for another three years. So quick um, interjection, though. Um, Kyle's not just making this up. Hoffman is also someone that the Sharks have been linked to. We oh, didn't yeah, explicitly yeah. state that, I, but that I, was another I, one. I, I'm going to make up the, the third guy I'm going to say in two minutes. I'm, that, that's made up because I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think he's been linked. But 
So Hoffman, Ottawa's going to sell him. So I think you should try to go after Hoffman because I think Hoffman is better. Hoffman kind of came onto the scene about two years ago out of nowhere, but he has been a top-tier goal scorer. Um, you don't have to worry about him slotting in anywhere. I think he's going to be good. The backup plan to Hoffman is Evander Kane. And the guy making up that I want them to get out of all of them is Max Pacioretty because he's going to be on the move too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I keep forgetting that Patches is being shopped. That's because you generally don't trade the captain of your team mid-season. Well, yeah, that's true. They Are they shopping Galchenyuk still? Is that a thing that's happening? Mar- Mar- Mark, Berger- Mark Bergevin is the guy that walks into the grocery store with a grocery list and goes, ah, my tummy's hungry and buys like 20 yeah. steaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. He he will trade anyone at any time except for Shea Weber. He's stuck there forever. Yeah. But I'm sure you could pry Alex Galchenyuk out of there from him. They hate Alex Galchenyuk in, in, yeah. in Montreal, and it's time for a change. I would love for them to get Galley because then they could plug him in at center, sure, or put Hurdle in at center, put Galley on the wing. You could do so many things. Here's a, here's my, my th- overall thoughts. Obviously, if we're looking long-term, I think the Sharks should be targeting Hoffman. However... Well, Hoffman, Hoffman's also 29. Yes, that's true. But, first of all, I need to also just, like, state on the record, I do not like Evander Kane as a person. Um, <laughs> I personally would have a really, really hard time with him being on the team, uh, with all of the personal stuff going on with him, you know, the assault charges he's had against him. All of that makes me very, very uncomfortable with him. But if we're talking as a player, what I can see happening if the Sharks get Evander Kane is that he is he lights it up just this year. <laughs> like he has his like <laughs> yes. revenge tour. He's mad about everything in Buffalo and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take this team to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> like not that I think that'll actually happen because the the reality of a uh, winger changing the He's a winger, right? Am I making that up? Or is he center? No, he's a winger. Yeah, he's a that's winger. what I thought. Like They're com- all wingers. Coming in and making that big of a difference, not going to happen. But, like, he's going to go off to whatever team he, he gets traded to from Buffalo and just light it up because, like, he's going to have his little, like I said, his little revenge tour. But then he's going to regress. <laughs> for the rest of his career. Like, he's not going to get better than that, I don't think. Whereas, I think Hoffman's kind of on the ups, you know? Hoff- Hoffman's turning 29. He is decidedly not on the ups. Listen! But I think I, th- I think he can be steady. I think he can yeah, be steady. that's what I mean. Like, it's not like... like He, he only just recently has kind of come into his own. Yeah, and... yeah. So I think you get... I think you get I think you get the life of Hoffman's contract out of him. Yes, he's as a good player, finding like his plateau, and it's a good plateau. Whereas yeah. Kane could like could do anything, peak, and then drop, and his or plateau is much be a lower. superstar. Or, yeah, you know, like yeah. that's just. I think we've seen where Hoffman's going to level out, whereas we don't know with Evander Kane. Where he's yeah, Evander Kane, Evander Kane is that nice, tasty startup stock where you're like, hmm, I should buy this, but it could literally be worth nothing in two minutes or it could be worth a lot. Whereas Mike Hoffman's that nice, safe, mutual fund that you put away for a house 20 years from now. Yeah. It's not going to go down. It's not going to go up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but for guys that are notably on the market, Max Pacioretty is a 35 goal scorer year in, year out, and that guy's a certified 
goal scorer. That's what he is. That's what yeah. all he does. He's miscast as, as in the Habs as this offensive weapon who needs to carry the team and captain. He's just a dude from Maryland with a stutter that wants to score goals. That's all he wants. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have to say comment ça va, ça va bien. <laughs> he wants to just score goals and throw him out there. So I really want them, and he signed cheap. So he's four point five million this year and next year. Um, but I was talking about this with Eric Fowl again. We love Eric. The Sharks Fowl. don't really. Yeah, the <laughs> Sharks don't really have a long-term window though because Thornton is a fossil. Pavelski's clearly going downhill. Burns is whatever. Couture's getting older. Everybody's getting older, and they don't really have like a young team going forward. So, really, to this year and maybe next year is their window. That's it. So. The long-termness of these contracts and age kind of doesn't matter because even though Pacioretty is also 29, you're getting him for his age 29-30 season. It doesn't really matter because it's all you need him for because they're trying to jam in one last window run. Um, right. So I really like the Patches idea. If I had to power rank all of our fake guys, <laughs> it would be John Tavares 1, yes. um, Pat- Patches 2, uh, Hoffman 3, Galchenyuk 4, Josh Hosang five, Evander Kane six. Oh, Hosang. But like three through six are all kind of jammed together in a pile. Like my like ideal trade at this point is for Josh Hosang. I just yeah, that'd be awesome. Need to say that out there. Did you did you see that the AHL team? First of all, the Islanders AHL team is called the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, which is awesome. Good for them. (laughs) Um, But the coach of the AHL team came out today and said that Josh Hosang is a baby and a whiner and needs to grow up. Yeah, uh, the mistreatment of Josh Hosang is horrible and ugly, and I it makes me hate the Islanders organization, to be honest. Like, they've been really, really horrible with his career. It's been severely mishandled. Um, same with friggin' Anthony Duclair, who ended up in Chicago, and I'm very upset about that as well. The, the Coyotes mishandled his whole career. The Coyotes mishandled their entire franchise since the beginning, That's so, like, whatever. True. But yeah, Hosang would be a nice little flop over Oregon in a fifth or something like that, or like Julius Bergman and I don't know, Manuel Wiederer. I don't know, something like that. Doug Flip Wilson, him over, be like, I'm sure you listen to our podcast. If you can pull off Josh Hosang, Danny O'Regan, one for one, that is one situation where I will not be mad at you for getting rid of Danny O'Regan. No. And I will say Doug Wilson Jr., because you more likely know what a podcast is, tell your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Danny O'Regan, Josh O'Sang, one for one. Make it happen. If 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 Doug Wilson acquires Josh O'Sang for like nothing, like a third round pick or Danny O'Regan, that would be incredible. Yeah, that would oh oh because you know immediately if if the Sharks got Josh O'Sang, Kevin LeBanc is going back down to the AHL. <laughs> Yeah, Josh Hosang. Jo- Josh Hosang is what we want Kevin LeBanc to be. Yes. <laughs> like, sorry, bud. I love you, but. <laughs> but it's just like Josh Hosang is clearly a talent. He's shown in the NHL. He's a talent. Maybe he just needs a scene of a a a, a, a scene of change. A change of scene. <laughs> change of scenery is the words I'm going for. Maybe he just needs that 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 switch over, and he's still on an entry level. Yeah. The Islanders clearly hate him. So just give him to us. Like. Yeah, and give then, him. Like, let him reunite with Tavares later this summer. You yeah, know, that'd be uh, convenient. <laughs> so, very nicely, the Islanders have fallen apart and are last in the Metro. <gasps> Granted, that's yes. still pretty good because, like, they separate 
Like the point right, separating yeah, yeah, yeah. them is like nothing. Right. But uh, they might not be last. Philly might be last. Philly's an abomination. Metro's usually the last one to lock in for playoffs, right? Like yeah. yeah. And this year, this year's ridiculous because New Jersey decided they were going to be good. The yeah. Islanders were like, "Hey, we're going to show up." Columbus is still good. Yeah. Pittsburgh is shitting their pants, which is awesome. I love it. Nothing but, is better yeah. to me than that. But yeah, but uh, so hopefully the Islanders just fall apart and John Tavares goes somewhere. So go steal Hosang, Doug. Do it. While we're kind of on the rest of the league, uh, let's talk All Star Game. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> just for like a minute. Okay, so Brent Burns was named to the All-Star Game for the Sharks. This is the first year in three years, I think, or four years. No, three years that he has gone alone. Sad. Yeah, because we all remember John Scott All-Star. Yeah. Uh, Well, he went with Pavelski that year. And last year it was, like, all Sharks, which is hilarious because it was in L.A., but it was Pete DeBoer was the coach, and then we had Brent Burns there, Joe Pavelski, and Martin Jones. So, big, big Sharks heavy team. I think this year, honestly, uh, they're just, like, putting out Vegas. Like, I know that's too, because Vegas only has, like, two guys going. Two. They only have two. They They have have, two. uh, They have, uh... Flurry and I think Neil, but I'm not sure. Okay, so it's Vegas and LA. LA has three. Everyone else has one. And like, I just don't care. <laughs> like, to be fair, the Pacific, the Pacific is a tire fire, so like, whatever. That's true. There, there really aren't a lot of really like. Also, yeah, like I don't know. The All Star, see, the All Star game in the NHL doesn't mean anything. So when you say like, oh, he was an eight time All Star, it doesn't mean jack. Yeah. Whereas I'm also a huge NBA fan. Um, Whereas all-star selections in the NBA matter. So, like, when you're looking at, like, a guy's resume or, like, Hall of Fame candidacy, you're like, oh, man, he was a 10-time all-star. Right. It's, like, kind of, it's important there, but, like, the all-star game is a freaking joke. Right. It doesn't mean anything in the NHL. Like, they picked Noah Hannafin from the Hurricanes, and they picked Latang from the Penguins. Like, Latang has been one of the worst defensemen in the league all season. Yeah. I'm so really excited, personally, about... Brack Besser. <laughs> I just, it's his first oh, yeah. all-star game, and I really love watching him play hockey. Like, I have hated the Canucks for so, so long. Like, anyway, I've hated the Canucks. You, for... You've literally hate the Canucks? <laughs> I have hated the Canucks for a very long time. And they were one of those teams that I just very irrationally hated that, like, I didn't have a basis for it. I wasn't like, oh, the Canucks killed my family. But, like, I just didn't. I didn't like them. I didn't like any... Like, they're bad, and it annoyed me that they were always bad, uh, that their fans were always just, like, very over (laughs) everything, which now I've learned. They have plenty of reason to be. But Brock Besser is just this shining beacon of light that really makes me enjoy Canucks hockey, and I'm really excited to see him in it. I want to see him in the skills competition. It's just going to be fun. That is like the only thing in the Pacific Division I am excited about. I'm kind of annoyed that like because Connor McDavid is in the Pacific Division, we are never going to have a different Pacific Division captain ever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like for the rest of our lifetime, it is going he's, to be Connor he's McDavid. He's literally the best player in the league, so it's fine, like whatever. Although I just like Crosby I just don't care about the All-Star game. Crosby didn't get a uh, captain for Metro, which is he's not even he's not even in the All Star game, is he? Yes, he is. We'll see if he shows up. Wait, he likes to Pittsburgh not show sent, up. 
Well, well, actually, that's not even his fault. So three times, three times, I think three times there's been the Olympics. One time there was a lockout, and he's literally been hurt every other time. Yeah, he's only gone to the All Star Game hurt. twice. But yeah, so yeah, he's he's in Pittsburgh has Latang and Crosby. Oh, which is surprising actually that they didn't send more because they're. It's the, it's the Blackhawks syndrome. Yeah. I'm surprised the Blackhawks didn't have eight guys. Anyway, I hate the All-Star game. It's literally not fun. <laughs> We're really on literally today. Yeah, now it's stuck in my head. Ever since Ray Bork retired and I don't get to see him snipe targets in the corners of the net, perfect four for four every time, I don't care. Yeah, there, there's actually only one person from Chicago. That's really surprising. And Yeah, it's because it's not an outdoor game. They forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But there are a lot of fresh, fresh faces uh, for this All-Star game, actually. Uh, there's a lot of people that it's their first All-Star game. John Klingberg from Dallas. Like, that's <laughs> so crazy to me that he's going to the All-Star game. Blake Wheeler. Your boy, Blake Wheeler. Oh, he's uh, so underrated. Braden Chen, his first one. Connor Hellebuck, first one. Um, obviously, Brock Basser. Rickard Ricard. Sorry. Ricard Rackel. I Richard Richard Rakel? That is not how you say that. Uh, his first one. Noah Hannafin's first one. Josh, Noah Hannafin's last one. Josh Bailey from the Islanders, which just seems very strange. He uh, got the uh, he got the John Tavares I play on your wing boost. Yeah. Barkov, it's his first one. A lot of people that it's their second ever. So, like, oh, Vasilevsky, it's his first. That's crazy. Um, so, like, that's cool. I... I don't care about the All-Star game. Like, honestly, most of the time I don't watch the game. I'll watch the skills competition because that's more interesting to me. But I I, yeah, I, I appreciate I it. You know, like, I, I like seeing, like, who gets, gets to go every year, you know. It's interesting to see who stacks up in what way in the league. For me, as a yeah. Pacific Division hockey fan... It gives me fuel to be angry at the rest of the league because the Pacific Division is always just like, oh, well, who do we know from this? Like, <laughs> because no one, like, the league does not promote Pacific Division hockey that isn't the LA Kings or Connor McDavid. So um, it just gives me more fuel to be like, hey, look at how the league literally does never, like, does not pay any attention to us ever. But. You know, it's still interesting to look at, at least. You know, and be like, oh, okay. Plus, I like Brent Burns going um, every year because he's hilarious. Uh, there's going to be fun video and stuff. But it's just a... It's such a bummer that, like... <sighs> Logan Couture should have gone, right? Like, he hasn't gone since he was a rookie. And I just... You care about this way more than I do. I just, whatever. Brent Burns is fun. He does cool <laughs> stuff. The little kids like him. Cool. See you later. Yeah. I just, I, it's so stupid. It makes me mad. But, like. What do you What do you think Brent Burns is doing on his bye week, though? <laughs> he's in a mountain somewhere. <laughs> like, he just, he's gone. He's off the grid. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is the best way to describe him. He's off the grid. He's just like researching snakes in his like. Maybe he went to. You know how Florida got that crazy cold weather and iguanas were like going to that that coma thing and they're falling out of trees and you needed to warm them up. Maybe he went to Florida to help out with that. He went to Florida to warm up iguanas. <laughs> that is truly the most Brent Burns thing I could think of. <laughs> Wait, have you? Did you not see this news story about no, the iguanas in I Florida? Did not. Okay, so everything. In Florida is weird, so <laughs> you know how there was the bomb, the bomb cyclone thing, right? 
Uh-huh. Well, because it started so low, it was freezing in Florida and Georgia and stuff like that. Um, so it was so cold that the iguanas were in their trees and their blood got cold Aww. and they would fall out of them. They'd fall out of the trees and just be, like, stiff little creatures on the ground. And people were like, oh, man, the iguanas are dying. And they'd, like, pick them up and, like, take them into their house or bury them or whatever. But the scientists had to come out and be like, stop with the iguanas because they're actually just in a stunned state. They're just in, like, a coma and they're stunned on the ground. And when it gets warmer, they'll warm back up and be fine. So if you want, you can put them in the sun or, like, in the grass in the sun and they'll be fine. But don't. Huh. collect them because there was a man in Florida who filled up his car with stunned iguanas and then they all came to life. <laughs> oh my god. Z- zombie that's iguanas. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's how I feel like Brent Burns is probably spending his bye week. I know for a fact that Logan Couture on his bye week is on a beach with his very beautiful girlfriend. So good for them, but also... Do you think she paid? Dang. Do you think he paid? Uh, he makes six she million dollars a year, so <laughs> I hope to God he paid. Uh that's kind of their tradition. I, I've seen the, like, pictures of them on his bye weeks. And then also, like, during the All-Star game and stuff, usually they go to Mexico, I think. But she, she's so beautiful. Like, Logan Couture, if you listen to our podcast, like, good job, dude. Like, she is so, so beautiful. Just absolutely the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. So, we should We should try to get her on the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would die. What, what do we think, like, Hurdle's doing on the bye week? Hurdle? Yeah. He is... Texting internet. He's Wingles. Skyping... No, he's Skyping with Yarmir Yager because Yarmir Yager's about to get bought out from Aww. the Flames. And he's... So Hurdle's Skyping with him, telling him to come play for the Sharks and, and, and being sad. I like to that's think that doing. Tommy Wingles sent him a Netflix recommendation and that's what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Hurdle's like, oh, Big Mouth, what is this? <laughs> Stop. He has, he has to pause it every five minutes and text like, what is Hormone Monster? <laughs> oh. Uh, big Mouth, Big Mouth, really funny show. I don't know, I think I feel like the young guys all just get together and hang out and play video games and be disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and then the guys with families either go on trips, like, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe would go on a trip together with their families oh. and go hang out or whatever. Oh. No, but Patrick But I can't Marlo. do that anymore. Oh. I just got real sad. Hm. Yeah. Mark Edward Vlasic is just, like, playing with his dogs constantly the whole time. Oh, my God. I love his dogs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think any of them would actually leave a hot area. They'd either go south quickly or stay there because like who the hell wanted to come back to canada it's yeah so i cold here. god that kevin lebank did not go back to new york first of all because we may never get him back with the weather the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> but also why would you here in san jose like cherish that <laughs> maybe 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 kevin lebank went to, to, to a bunch of barracuda games because he missed his friends oh that's kind of sweet oh i feel like he would i feel like he would do that i feel like some of those young guys him and Sorensen, are just like well let's yeah. go hang out with our old buddies <laughs> i don't know i don't really know what they do on bye weeks i feel like there's not enough time to do anything substantive right it's five days so like i don't know it's you could go home for a couple of days, and I think some of them obviously do, or do like a little weekend trip kind of thing, but 
I don't know, I feel like if you're, like, the young guys, like, you got, like, Barclay Goudreau, um, Jonas Donskoy, Hurdle, LeBanc, even kind of, like, Couture, because he's obviously not married or anything, like, what are they really gonna do? Like, you just do, like, a mini vacation, maybe? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they stayed home and played video games. Yeah. They I'm... played FIFA, they played FIFA, they played NHL. Brendan they ordered, Dylan like, a shitload of Postmates. <laughs> Brendan Dillon and Martin Jones are in a basement somewhere, like, covered in Cheeto dust. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're, they're, like, one person has Postmates on their phone, one has, like, Foodora or something, and just, like, <laughs> skip the dishes. I don't know if those are American things. I know Postmates is. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's Fine. Food delivery services. You don't oh. use food delivery services? Uh, lots of the United States is rural. So, no. Whoa. Don't, don't whip out your country size if you're going to come to Canada, which is the second largest country on earth. Listen, I'm just saying, if, like, food delivery if you services wouldn't a, a, make a sense country. because it's just everything's so far apart. <laughs> Postmates is American. I know that. I know that for a fact. But I don't know what the rest Food delivery services Either are kind way. of only a city thing. Well, I live in a city. I do not. What do you want? What do you want from me? They live in San. They live in San Jose. They live in like the mecca of like weird tech shit. Okay, well, you're asking if I know it, and I don't. So that's they what. probably get like they probably get like Wendy's delivered to them by drone. <laughs> Uber Eats. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I I drive Uber. I should tell some stories about Uber. Oh Jesus! In my, in our, one time, it's hilarious. They, they returned to practice today because they have three games coming up, and it's a hilarious stretch of games. God. So the first one's going to be uh, against Arizona at home. And that's going to be Sharks-Warriors night. Actually, let me interject here a little bit because Sharks-Warriors night, um, we're going to do some fun stuff on the site, which is... It's kind of pointless saying this because I think this is going to be up after all that stuff is up, but... I hope you go <laughs> check it out. I'm excited. We're collaborating with Golden State of Mind. Um, they've been really awesome uh, emailing back and forth about it and what we want to do. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, Kyle has a piece about Sharks and Warriors. So, If you like to read, fun. read it because it's long. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So then they go back on the road for three games. And then this week it's going to be the Los Angeles Kings uh, and then the Arizona Coyotes again on Tuesday. It's so weird that they didn't do the home and home with Arizona and they went Arizona day off, L.A. back-to-back Arizona. Yeah, definitely weird. Um, So everybody can look forward to Zach Ronaldo's return to ice hockey uh, (laughs) against Arizona. He comes back this week. Uh, That could be really bad because he might be, first of all, he's a trash fire and has no place in the NHL. But he might be of the mindset, well, I'm back. I better start causing havoc to earn my place again and may just, like, end Thomas Hurdle's career. God. Um, yeah. yeah. There's I'm a real risk that Ronaldo ends somebody's career in his first game back because he's so pent up with rage and Red Bull. Well, and it's just going back to what he knows. Yeah, so fun fact for everybody. Zach Ronaldo has now been suspended for 30 NHL games and has only scored 11 NHL goals. Jesus. He was also, at the beginning of the year, suspended in the NHL and the AHL at the same time. Yeah. That, I didn't even know that was possible. Yup. I would not be upset if he got the, the Rafi Torres treatment. Yeah, no. He's awful. But Arizona's also awful as a team, and San Jose better get right. These are yeah. get right games. Here's the thing. LA is actually good. It pains me to say. Well... And this is going to be another situation where it's three games over four days. 
the Sharks have had a lot of that this year, and I'm I'm over it. But it's three games in four days, uh, and then only two days off again before their next game, and then only two days off. Like, it is packed. This The rest of the month is packed. But it's against crappy teams. Like, Colorado's in the mix. There's some shitty teams. Pittsburgh. So, like, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, get out of here. So uh, like the Rangers, I'm, what a, the what, Red Wings. What, the, oh, the Rangers. Oh, the Red Wings are so bad. I'm so excited to see them play at the Red Wings. Well, <laughs> you're going to the pizza arena, right? Yes, I am. Nice. We got make sure to stay in today. your seat. Huh? I'm not going. The we was not me. Oh no, it's yeah, no, <laughs> not you. Seeing a man friend. Yes. Um, so the thing about the Sharks is that they need to beat Arizona. Then they need to recover that game. They need to play. LA tough and not think about whatever they're thinking about and then they need to beat Arizona again. They can't do this bullshit where tomorrow night they play the Coyotes and are like whoa we have LA coming up we need to get win that game because LA is our rival and then they lose to the Coyotes 3-1. Right. And shit their pants. They need to beat the hell out of Arizona. Get right. Ideally beat LA but I don't think I don't know if they are. And then they need to beat Arizona up again. Like they just need to do that. Yeah so like it's hard because it's it's Coming off of a bye week, which anytime you come off a longer stretch, that's hard. Then yeah, Pete DeBoer said practice was a mess today. Oh God, <laughs> do not say those words to me. Uh, and then you've got three games in four days with travel, like with travel on the back to back. Like it's, it's just it's very frustrating. Uh, it makes me mad. Well, they they need to get down to business because they need to. They need to get winning again. They need to. They need to solidify their place in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is the time. I mean, something that, like, I know I always quote ECHL players, but something that was kind of brought up a lot um, because the K Wings, they were winning a lot at the beginning of the season. They, like, I want to say their first like eight games, they won or something ridiculous. like or they only lost one in overtime during that time or something anyway the point is they were winning a lot at the very beginning of the season and something every single time that I talk to players that they say is that like this is the time to bank points like when it gets to January February March everyone is like trying to get those points everyone is in the same position that they're fighting for those points whereas if you get them early in the season you bank them right away kind of thing and I think that you know now we're at the point in the season where every team is, and because of the loser point, they're so close that every team is fighting for those points. So it's it's hard. It's only going to get tougher for the Sharks, and they need to be able to keep up with that. Yeah, the old the old thing is you can't win the championship in September, but you can lose it. So yes. like they need to need to get those points so that way when it comes like you said when it comes down to the end of the season they have a cushion like the way Columbus is doing right now where they got out to a hot start made that cushion and now when they're falling apart right. they're still in the playoffs so it, it's Arizona guys just like I have nothing other to say than it's freaking Arizona just beat them right it's not hard it's not hard they're they're bad at hockey <laughs> let's do our what's our point prediction for the week with those I'm gonna say games. four four. I'm going to say four. I think I think four. I think they lose against L.A. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I think either they lose against L.A. or they lose against the Coyotes the second time because it is a bad Maybe, back. yeah. They might exhaust I agree. themselves I, I, against L.A. and it could happen. 
Yeah. For our bold predictions uh, for last time, uh, last week, I said Sharks were going to win 5-1 against Toronto. Boy, I'm an idiot. <laughs> wow. Um, and you said you said uh, Hurdle gets a game-winning goal. He did not. No, he did not. Um, no, we have not got a bold prediction correct yet. No, we have not. We're really bad at this. I also didn't get... I started working bold predictions into previews. I said Jonas Donskoy was going to have a four-point game against the Senators. <laughs> that did not happen. Whoops. Um, oh, my bold prediction coming up, I like this. Couture is going to get a hat trick in the next three games. Oh, okay. All right. I think Haley had that as her one of her bold predictions uh, in a preview really? I like recently. It. I, my, my, my working theory is that he went away on his bye week, him and his girlfriend partook in some adult activities. He's nice <laughs> and relaxed. He's going to come back and be like, guys, I got this, and get a hat trick. <laughs> All right, all right. My bold prediction for the week is that Joe Thornton is going to score on an empty net. <laughs> it's not oh, that thought... bold, but, like, look at the teams that San Jose is playing and what are the chances that there's going to be an empty net this week. I like it. So, it's bold enough that it might get in there. Right. And we might actually win one of these. But I just I don't think that any of those games are going to be that close. Maybe L.A., but I just don't see a goalie getting pulled. So... If a goalie gets pulled, I, I'm gonna. I can, I can see. I can see the Coyotes getting pulled. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's mine. Joe Thornton scores on an empty net. All right, and I got Couture hat trick because of his relaxation over the past week. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, do you have anything else to add today? Well, we have a little podcast announcement. The podcast is now on Stitcher. Someone had requested that in our little feedback survey, which I'm still yeah, kind we of... Yeah, listen to you guys. Yeah. Still kind of parsing through all the answers and stuff, and there are some changes coming to SB Nation that I also have to work through, so... It's going to be a while before all of the changes fully take place, but I did manage to get us up on Stitcher. I looked into Spotify. Turns out to get your podcast on Spotify, you got to be like a top tier podcast. So what you're saying is that there's some there's some Thomas hurdles to jump over before we get on Spotify? Wow. Okay. I've been saving that joke for four hours. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so it, it might be a while before we can get on Spotify, but we are on Stitcher. Um, I'll probably post that on our Twitter, which is at BS and Teal. Uh, so that should the, just post it on through the fin because like seventeen thousand people follow that account. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it's also gonna get posted when this gets up. There will be a link to our Stitcher page, so you know all that's gonna be cool. Um, some site stuff's gonna be changing around. Like I said, it's gonna be a while before I get to everything, but my goal is. Like, some of the big things are, you know, that people want posts daily and that they, you know, timely post. And we really try our best to get things up as quickly as possible to make sure that they're still relevant. But the daily posts I am going to bring back. I'm going to have uh, links post like most of the SB Nation sites utilize. That'll be your kind of discussion thread for the day. Uh, that's something that's been pretty highly requested. Um, and that'll be great for me because sometimes it is frustrating to see comments on articles that are unrelated. So we'll get you guys a discussion thread for every day, hopefully soon. And um, we're going we're gonna to make some changes to the site. I think so far what we've done is really great and I, I'm really excited about it. The new preview format is very nice. We're getting a little more opinionated in our recaps. Uh, so stuff like that that you guys have brought up um, really does help. I... I like it. I like the direction of the site. So that's the site news. Um, I don't know that I really have anything else, Kyle. Um, nope. Go Sharks.
Go Sharks. Peace out.